Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia as we venture into our sub-series, Talking TV Trivia. Whenever there's a TV show that catches our attention, this podcast picks a season and explores each episode through trivia. I'm today's host, KJ, and with me is... Tom... Nick. And I'm Chris. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with four rapid-fire trivia questions. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. And we follow it up with a themed discussion associated with the TV episode. In this case, involving season one of Disney's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Chris, tell us about today's TV episode. Today we'll be discussing episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. This episode was directed by Deborah Chow and written by Joby Harold and Hannah Friedman. There'll be spoilers for Obi-Wan Kenobi up through episode four, so feel free to press pause until you're caught up. In this episode of Obi-Wan, we follow him on his adventures into the Fortress Inquisitorius on the planet of Nur to rescue the 10-year-old Princess Leia. Before freeing Leia and escaping with Tala, Obi-Wan finds a vault full of fallen Jedi. Also, Reva reveals to Vader that she has a tracking device on Leia's droid, Lola. It's time for question one. What is the first thing Obi-Wan says after he gets out of the back to tank? I have a clue. It's very similar to something Finn says after coming out of some kind of healing tank in The Last Jedi. Locked in. <laughs> Locked in. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, um, I, I'm getting a rash. I, I'm not, uh, Locked in. All right, Tom, what do you have? I'm going to say, where am I? And Nick? Where's Leia? Chris? I have where's Leia as well. All right, points for Nick and Chris. It is indeed where's Leia. Just like Finn, where's Ray? Ray. Yep, same. Uh, I didn't know. Does Finn go into a tank at some point? Nah, it's... Oh, it's it's, even better. Yeah. (laughs) He's wearing a rubberized see-through plastic suit that's full of Bacta (laughs) as opposed to being submerged in a tank. So... I'm sorry. Go, go he's, he's he's walking around the, the hallways of the of the starship, just squirting juice all over the place. <laughs> the back is coming all out. It's and true. He, he grabs Poe by the shoulders. Like, Where's Ray? <laughs> so wait, what is Bacta? It's a healing agent. It's just the easiest way to explain it. Mm-hmm. A healing liquid. But it can cause a Bacta rash, Tom. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> I actually would like to interrupt this regularly scheduled trivia to ask you all a quick trivia question for zero points. What was the original color of Bacta intended to be? I'm going to say white. Indigo. Wow. I feel like the two jokes are Blacta or Blanca. White. (laughs) (laughs) The answer, none of you got any fake points because there were no points either way. The answer is actually red. So there's some preliminary um, sketches of the red back to tank, but it just didn't work or something. But it yeah, would look like a vat of red. blood. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. looked like it there was a red or something. Yep. <laughs> True story. Red's very <laughs> Sith too, so that wouldn't. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking back in the day too. We're talking original Star Wars. Yeah. There ain't no healing being done by the Sith. It's time for question two. After Reva says they're all on the same side, 
Leia agrees to tell Reva where the rebels are. Under what condition? Locked in. Locked in. All right, Nick, what do you have? She has to tell her father first. Chris? She has to tell her father, Senator Organa, first. Tom? Yeah, I have the same thing. She has to tell her father first. All right, points for everybody. It's time for question three. Toward the end of the episode, our heroes are rescued, but Wade does not make it out. What does Tara say they are now, after all? Uh, locked, locked in. in. I know the line. I just want to make sure that I got it exact. Locked in. All right, Nick, what do you have? Soldiers. Chris? I guess we're all soldiers now. Tom? I had the same thing. All right. I guess Points you're soldiers now. Oh, I just wanted to make sure I had the right like version of that. <laughs> it wasn't Rebels. Too early for that. Going into the final question, Nick and Chris are tied at full points, and Tom is one point behind. It's time for question four. Obi-Wan has to traverse hallways in the Imperial base. What kind of droids is he avoiding? Locked in. No freaking idea. <laughs> I could describe it if you like. Uh, or do you want a number? Do you want like a serial code? I, the description would be great. It's not going to be worth any points. <laughs> I'm locked in. Uh, I'll lock in too, sure. Tom, what do you have? Uh, so it's like a floaty. So he just kind of floats around and he looks around and he's always looking in the wrong direction until the plot needs him to look in the right direction. And it's a little bit of a dummy droid, right? It, it just kind of, it, it, it looks almost like a spider, but without the legs, the way it moves. It has that kind of floating thing. I'm gonna call it a, um, a four, three, two, one droid. A four, three, two, one floaty dummy droid. Got floaty it. dummy spider droid. Nick? I really don't know how specific you want, but I believe they're called sentry droids. Chris? I believe what you're looking for is seeker droids. And the episode goes to Chris. Those oh, were the droids I was looking for. No. Seeker, seeker droids. Sentry, Seeker. Oh, so close. Congratulations to Chris, our winner. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, he was flawless. Yeah. He was flawless. Across mm. the board. We'll be diving into our topic of the week, our princess, our general, right after this break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? I, I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible. Oh, <laughs> we died. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> All right. The troll, the troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to say the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Golem. Gollum. Say Gollum dark. You talk to Gollum. Thorin says, hurry up. And we died. And we died. So we went northeast last time. So let's go southwest. You go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh. Wow. Right near here. That's wait, wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's right. perfect. Limited lexicon. Coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. So guys, today I wanted to talk about Leia. How was she in the show? Did we see her early beginnings? Does it match up with the Leia we know in 4, 5, 6? Um, what did you guys think of Leia in the series so far? I originally wasn't a huge fan of it. Like In the early episode, early episode 1, when they do the swerve and you realize that you're not going to be hanging out on Tatooine with Luke, I really enjoyed that. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. This is how you get Obi-Wan off that planet and expand a story for him. Then, then they started talking about the Leia thing, and I think we talked about either episode one or two about the precocious youth, and how like that's kind of a, a trope that's a little bit, little bit harried here. And I think it started off that way, but I do think that they really gave her some good character development. I don't want to critique a ten-year-old actress because uh, I, I didn't, away. I didn't, I didn't love her at all moments of this, but she is, of course, very, very young, so there's no need to critique her. She probably did exactly what they asked her to and she did her best uh but i do think that they did a good way of portraying leia as this this leader this future leader this person that could could rally the masses this person that cared about other people on the ship i believe in episode four or three she's showing her droid to other kids that are scared like there's lots of things that she's doing that you can see the seeds of what she becomes, why she does what she does. So I think from that perspective, the the story about it aside, the precocious youth of it aside, I do like that they used her and they kind of gave you an on-screen representation of her growing up and how she could potentially go from just a baby living in the lap of luxury to this rebel leader. So I, I did like that. What I did enjoy was the fact that even though we know later that she is somewhat Force-sensitive, Okay, she is force sensitive. That her ability to read people actually has nothing to do with the force. She's actually just very gifted in that sense. Because otherwise, the inquisitors would have noticed this. Heck, Vader would have noticed this. You know. So I, I like how they showed that that just happened to be an innate skill, not necessarily a force power. Yeah, I kind of find her irritating. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it's not the actress. I think the actress is fine, and she's also very uh, adorable. As a little that little girl is a, a cute little girl. She does what she's being asked. She performs the scenes well. I, I think it's just the. Um, I I think there's a sort of properness to the way the role's written. She is not monarchical in any way, even though she actually is a monarch. She's or, or part of the monarchy. She's a, a princess, but she asked people, just call me Leia. I'm just Leia. Um, and she also uh, knows what to say. She has certain skills that save the day, as we see in, in episode five. And I, there's a sort of um, 
there's a sort of adultness and uh, adultness that I found annoying. And also she has all of the qualities that make her a hero right there. There isn't really a need for her to grow or develop. And, and, and she doesn't really, she's already kind of perfect the way she is. Um, and so it seems like the point of her in the show is to, to meet Obi-Wan and learn who Obi-Wan is so that she could rely on him for that opening plot point in episode four. However, outside of that, I, I don't think she really develops or learns anything new. She already knows everything she needs to. I'm trying to focus on the positives because I had some of the thoughts it seems Chris may have had. <laughs> but the whole point with her character is we're supposed to see she's a very gifted youth. She's the youngest senator to ever come about. So we, we get it. She's really talented and well-spoken. But that's the Leia we know. So you're right. She doesn't really grow that much. It's kind of this is what she does. But she is that plot device to move all the other pieces around her. Yeah, the only growth is there's a few times where she's kind of arrogant on Dayu, especially with Obi-Wan. And then at some point she breaks down and is like, I just want to go home. Like, this was a mistake. But even that doesn't feel, uh, it doesn't feel like it's stuck. It doesn't feel like it mattered for the mm-hmm. for the show. Um, and, you know, the other thing that kind of bugged me, and the more I think about it, the more it bugs me. But they're in, in the last episode where they're uh, getting a ride with um, Mr. Freck, she starts asking about the force and Obi-Wan doesn't say, oh yeah, maybe I should train you, right? He's obsessed with training Luke. He says to Lars multiple times, hey, I got to train this dude. And now he's got another Skywalker in front of him and he's like, I'm just going to ignore this. Like why? (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. So her father brings it up that she's also important. He's be protected. The only thing is I think she's more in the public eye whereas Luke is hidden. So if all of a sudden he started training her, she's of a prominent family, the secret's out, the Inquisitors are coming in. And again, I'm taking some liberties here, but that's the only thing that I can justify, aside from just retconning the whole Star Wars Mm -hmm. original trilogy. I also don't think her, I think like Nick alluded to, her force powers aren't as on front street. Like her first powers are intuition, and being able to like kind of read people and know what they're thinking. They're almost like mind reading to a certain point. Whereas Luke, it's, I'm going to pick up this rock with the force and I'm going to make it float in the air. Like there's one thing that you can see versus one thing that you, you can maybe see if you look hard enough, but it's not really blatantly in front of your face that you can see it. I think that's another reason why he doesn't just jump on the fact that she is force sensitive. And he knows this because he compared their Metaclorians. <laughs> Luke had the one with the rocks. She had... They're 10. How could he know this? Off, off screen, he's drawing blood. You don't know. Oh, mm. God, yeah. He's getting regular uh, blood updates from... <laughs> and But her grandfather is a midichlorian, right? Are we led to believe that? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I never but... thought about it that way, Tom, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's what that. Shmi said, right? Yes. Which one? There Shmi? was no father. I I, I kept uh, carried him and bore him and the mm. whole thing. I think that's yeah. how you end the episode. Her grandfather's <laughs> a midichlorian, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that was Lucas's original conception of uh, seven, eight, and nine were something to do with the midichlorians. So it was like a zoom in into the midichlorian world. 
as opposed to what they did happened. Yeah. When they, they bought him off for a billion dollars or however much money he got. Um, that might be a low estimate actually. No, probably. I think yeah. it was more. It was 4.5. I think <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's a rounding error. Yeah. You could afford all the cars on American graffiti. Can we? <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose if we want to stay on the positive, um, there, I think Ewan McGregor is a, a very good actor and watching him play a sort of wizened old man is, is a lot of fun, I think. I, I mean, I like his face. I like looking at it. Um, and I, I like the sort of exhaustion he brings to the role. Um, that really conveys, well, there's a certain kind of depth or sadness in there that I, you know, I think I'm maybe even too young myself right now to, to, to feel, but it sort of radiated off of him. And while I found so much of this, this television show to really feel recycled, it, it felt almost algorithmic the way it, it was written, like a, like a computer generated these scripts, um, or at least the dialogue. Uh, watching his sort of, broken down self have to deal with these problems was very interesting, not because of anything the script was doing, but because of um, just how lovely, physically speaking, Ewan McGregor is. Did that come through in, in any of these episodes? Right by the end, spoilers, uh, Leia obviously was influenced or impressed by Tara but do you think they established that earlier than just is uh, it, is it Tala? Him? That's Tala, right? Oh, Tala, Tala. Yep, Tala, not Tara. Tala. Uh, I, I do think she is a role model for like just kind of doing the right thing, even if there's unsurmountable, insurmountable odds. Well, I'll, I'll ask, is there a strong connection between Tala and Leia? I don't necessarily see it. And, and there's a lot of people who are... Um, who are heroic in this world. I mean, Leia is sort of surrounded by them. Namely, her, her adopted father is also this, you know, th this figure that she kind of follows. Uh, uh, he sort of embodies the values that she comes to show. But do we see her and Tala interact in, in any way that would imply she's getting something from Tala? Well, when they're- Maybe we'll see it in the future episodes. We have we have seen it in the bunker episode where they're mm -hmm. going where they're starting the path, and and Tala's telling them about how the path started and where they're going and why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And although I don't think it's blatantly like she's holding Leia by the shoulders and shaking her, you should be a leader. I think that she's a ten year old. She's a sponge. She's soaking all that in. Mm -hmm. And although it's not ex expressly written, you know, Leia does this because Tala tells her to. I, I think that there is some sort of connection, or at least we're led to believe that maybe this is one of the influences that she had for what makes her into the person that she eventually will become i do think her father probably in the grand scheme of things is a bigger influence than tala but well, yes just like Chris said, one of yeah. many positive role models so what what did you guys what did you guys actually think about the fact that there's like this crypt full of jedi frozen in perpetuity in the inquisitorial fortress what did you think about that there's a sort of, I, so this is something throughout all the episodes, but having all of these heretics, we might think of them as 
frozen in this fortress that's named for the inquisitors frozen presumably by the inquisitors has this you know has a sort of interesting note to it i suppose in the sense that the empire has a sort of quasi-religious feel to it at this point and granted part of that seems to be the sith but it did give it that feel like it, it gave it the feel of the you know the kind of the kind of spanish inquisition we're going to put these heretics i don't want to say on display because who the hell is down there looking at them i think only vader is looking at them but there is a sort of um there's a kind of like quasi-religious feel to it I'll, I'll reiterate that by saying on display i think they're more viewed as trophies look at we what we hunted and look at all the collection we've received of these and i'm going to use tom's word heretics but it's quite interesting when obi-wan realizes this isn't a fortress this is a tomb <laughs> and these are the spoils or the trophies of all their conquests yeah, I definitely saw them as trophies as well because they also have all their lightsabers in their little their little meeting chamber. So like the place that they hang out and realize and and come up with plans for how to catch Jedi, they have a bunch of their trophies lining the walls. They have all these lightsabers from fallen Jedi. I also assume that this might be the seeds of all the cloning experiments that eventually lead us into episode seven, eight, nine. For any of you that have watched those movies, if you haven't watched them, spoiler alert, so you don't you don't hate us. But in seven, eight, nine, it's it's brought to our attention that the Emperor, even though he dies in Return of the Jedi, comes back, and it's through cloning, presumably through unnamed midichlorians or something of the fa of something of that matter. So I I thought that this was a way of saying that this is how they were beginning their experiments to make Snoke and how they were beginning their experiments to eventually bring the Emperor back. Metaclonians. That just gave me a serious Jurassic Park vibe with the mosquitoes in the, was it Amethyst? <laughs> I, I, I had that same exact thought because they were in this orangey amber, which was the Jurassic Park thing, taking oh, the amber, DNA. That's what it was. Yeah. And as soon as, as soon as we saw them, I chuckled and Beth, my wife looked over at me and said, what are you chuckling about? And it's like, it's like Jurassic Park. They're, they're harvesting the DNA most likely deceased individual inside. If you this like this discussion, you may like our Jurassic Park episode. <laughs> well, I want to ask the, the Star Wars geekazoids among us, uh, if that's the appropriate term. Um, so is the, does the, does in the other material besides the show, is the empire given a sort of reverence in, in the way um, that we might give reverence to a kind of god or superior being or anything like that. I got that sense in this show a little bit, but I wasn't entirely sure. I think it's, once again, we've talked about this before, not to connect this to any kind of sort of politicalness now. I think there is definitely, a if you are in the good graces of the Empire, you think that they are the be-all, end-all, perfect, best thing that's ever happened on the planet, or in the universe, I should say. That the fact that you are prospering means that the Empire is the best thing ever, and that it should continue in perpetuity forever, and the Emperor is not a god, but the Emperor is a person to be revered because he is making you and yours better. 
but there's oh, def- yeah. <laughs> there's definitely definitely a section of people that are on say the outer rim to use a star wars term that are feeling left behind that are feeling marginalized mm-hmm. and they do not like the empire because they see what it has done in order to make it make the universe better for the elites so the elites are kind of on their ivory towers at coruscant living life to the fullest eating the apple from the top of the tree and everybody else is suffering because of it and i think star wars in its entire like all the different wars that have coalesced have been because the the have-nots have gotten fed up with the 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 ruling elite in mm-hmm. that sort of way and and they make the sith evil in order to kind of i guess make it more palatable to to an audience but mm-hmm. it's I think there's definitely a section of people that love the Empire, just like there's a section of people that hate it. But in all the media that we see on TV and movies, you don't see that portion of it. You don't really see the the mm-hmm. the, the people that love it. Except on, I guess now that I say that, Canto Bite, the casino scene. Like those are definitely people that love the Empire because they are living, breathing embodiments of of greed and and uh overindulgence. They love both sides too, because remember when they steal that ship? They were selling uh, both ships to the rebels as well as the first order in, in that time frame. So, War sells. Yeah. So yeah. we're dealing not with a sort of quasi-religious thing, but a, a sort of patriotism, rather. I, I would say, I would say, ninety percent of the people, not maybe even more than that, ninety-five percent of the of the people in the universe are thinking of this as like a patriotic thing. There are very few that would think of it as kind of religious. Thing thing like we we see the religion of the jedi and the sith and how they are diametrically opposed but i think the common person just sees it as a political machination like i'm I'm doing well i'm prospering because the empire is great Mm -hmm. or i'm not doing so well uh and i want to rebel would the sith see containing jedi as a in some sort of religious context or is it just well we have the trophies of our enemies sith or empire because the 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 jedi were used as a scapegoat when the emperor declared himself the emperor like Mm -hmm. they said that the jedis overstepped their bounds pretty much so it's not really a religious war he was doing that to cull all the knowledge before his rule and within what a decade or so or is it two decades by the time the movie's like jedi are just myth and legend they don't Mm -hmm. even like it was like they never even existed this show takes place 10 years after they started slaughtering all the jedi Mm -hmm. so there's still some remnants of them floating around but within another 10 years they're gone Mm -hmm. so it's not the religious aspect it's just another thing for him to have control don't forget that the galaxy doesn't know he's a Sith. We know he's a Sith. We know what everyone's doing with the Sith versus the Jedi, but the average person just sees it as government. Speaking of trophies, I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week, Chris. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Hey, well done. <laughs> you can find more of our content wherever you listen to your podcast, on our YouTube channel, Twitter at Talking Studios, and our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com. We are extremely grateful for all those who subscribe, like, follow, and leave a review. Do you think the screens with the secret droids looked like Pac-Man? Let us know on Twitter, TalkingPicturesTrivia at gmail.com, or give us a call at 201-467-8679. 
You can find me on Twitter at ThomasLayman15. You can find me on Twitter at KJ1000. If you'd like to get a hold of me, feel free to reach out to the boys on Twitter at Talking Studios. I can also be found on Twitter at The Nicknamed. Join us next time when we become more powerful than you can ever imagine with Obi-Wan Part 5. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs>